going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that this day finds all being well in your world. Oh, gosh, the world of pro wrestling never, ever stops. There's always news. There's always something to talk about. And we'll do some of that talking right here in just a few minutes. As always, thank you so much for your continued support of The Faction, be it on the socials at The Faction Show, or if that happens by being subscribed to this podcast, or if you're in the super cross section, that does both. Thank you so much. We've been doing our best to just continue to give you great content, great food for thought, and things of that nature. So I hope that you're really, really enjoying it. Shout out to all of our new listeners and all of our new followers from wherever you may be. I love seeing our numbers, our reach, and our range increase. It's really a game changer, and I really appreciate Appreciate what you guys have been doing in terms of sharing what we're doing with your friends and followers. So keep doing that because we want to continue to grow what we're doing here at The Faction. Okay, then let's dig into Monday night because there's a lot of conversation going on about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw pulled in 1.67 million viewers, which is down, down about 179,000 viewers from last week. Now, some would want to say, perhaps, oh my God, Raw is doing absolutely horrible, but we also have to acknowledge Raw, for the first time in this season, was up against Monday Night Football, particularly the debut of Monday Night Football, which drew in over 14 million viewers on ABC and seven and a half million viewers on ESPN as it will simulcast on there. So that's a pretty wild thing to think about. Let's also consider this. Raw this time last year drew in 1.689 million viewers, which is fairly consistent with what happened this week going up against Monday Night Football. So there's that. Now, I will say this. I think obviously with the WWE battling head to head with Monday Night Football, it explains why Big E let somewhat the cat out of the bag earlier in that day via Twitter to say, hey, he's coming to Raw to cash in and become the WWE champion. So before I even get into the significance of Big E winning the WWE title, I want to address that because obviously as wrestling fans, let's just call a spade a spade. We can be an opinionated bunch if we're really honest, right? With that said, most didn't understand why did Big E call his shot on the socials and get everybody talking. And then there was also this talk of, well, this title match would have meant more if he didn't announce that. To that I say, again, we don't always think business-minded, and to think business-minded, you would realize that, of course, Monday Night Raw was going head-to-head with the season opener of Monday Night Football. To do that, you really, really, really need something that's going to cause people to watch the show, okay? So with that said, there were no announcements coming ahead, with the exception of this. And honestly, when I look at it, it explains why they went around and changed some things. Because if you remember, 
coming out of Raw last week, the main event was supposed to be for the Raw Tag Team titles, which would see RK-Bro going up against the Hurt Business. However, that was mysteriously changed to be a WWE title match, the title match that was supposed to happen at Extreme Rules between Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley. All of that was done, I believe, to try to counteract Monday Night Football. Now, Raw knows they're never going to beat Monday Night Football simply because it's cable versus network TV. That's just not a comparison. I think it's also safe to say, truth be told, that the NFL and the world of football has more fans than the world of wrestling. Safe to say. Obviously, there's a cross-section and the like, but it is really, really safe to say. So with all of that being said, I think it's really important that we consider why WWE made these moves, why they told us there's a title match, why they turned around and told us there will be a cash-in. And honestly, one of the reasons why I think it was still very much worth watching was, as we've seen in the world of WWE, there's no guarantee that if you cash in money in the bank that you'll actually win the championship. In fact, those who have announced ahead of time that they're going to cash in usually don't win the WWE Championship. Go back to John Cena, who announced his cash-in and lost, right? So these things happen. Baron Corbin lost his cash-in. Damian Sandow lost his cash-in, right? So it is very possible to lose your cash-in. So we didn't have a guarantee that Big E would become champion. And who would he become champion against? Would it be Bobby Lashley or would it be Randy Orton? So I will say, first of all, that I enjoyed the title match. Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, what a match, what a story. Lashley still comes out on top as the winner, continuing his championship reign, but then gets injured in the process, now creating a space for Big E to become champion. The only thing I did not like about that was them going to commercial after he announced the cash-in. What we've seen historically is, all right, we're going to do this cash-in and away we go. Instead, there was waiting about two minutes, which seems kind of awkward for the TV fan and possibly for the fan in the arena. However, the concept that Lashley was injured and could address that, all of that uh, is plausible and feasible. It took nothing away from the match. It was a great match. Bobby Lashley, Big E, significant moment because it's the first time in WWE history that a world championship has changed hands between one African-American champion to another African-American world champion. This is major. Now, here's what's interesting. Big E was involved in the other moment where a championship changed hands between African-Americans, and that happened at WrestleMania 37 when he lost the Intercontinental Championship to Apollo Crews. With that said, I think it is incredible. Again, we've not seen a world title change like this in the history of the sport, not just in the WWE. So this was significant. I love the outpouring of love that has come for Big E because I think he is more than deserving of it. Here's somebody who has worked incredibly hard, who has stayed true to himself. So many people said that Big E, including Booker T, by the way, said that Big E's gotta get serious, that he can't joke, that he won't be taken seriously. 
And Big E decided to commit to who he is. He committed to himself and he said, hey, I'm going to be who I am. I believe in me, thus being the case that now he's not only Mr. Money in the Bank, but he's the WWE champion. I don't know that I saw his championship reign happening so soon. I thought it might have happened perhaps at Survivor Series or what have you. But he did what you're supposed to do with Money in the Bank. He challenged whatever champion he thought might have been most vulnerable. And for those who are saying, I don't count it because it wasn't against Roman Reigns. So at what point did the Universal Championship become worth more to you than the WWE Championship. The Universal title is about five years old as compared to the WWE Championship, which is over 50 years old. The lineage of the WWE Championship is a who's who in the sport. It is all about Hall of Famers. It is all about being considered the number one guy in the business. Let's tell the truth. Our view of the Universal Championship completely changed with Roman Reigns' current run as champion he's been a dominant champion for the last year it's the most we've seen the universal title on television as opposed to brock lesnar's reign as universal champion so let's not do that guys all right let's appreciate this for what it is Brock Lesnar, being who he is, is going to challenge at some point for the Universal Championship on SmackDown. I think Big E making the move to Raw, being reunited with his New Day brothers, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Shout out to Bobby Lashley, who has had an incredible reign as WWE Champion. I absolutely have loved his reign. The most successful reign of any African American as a world champion across any brand. This is significant, okay? And we're not going to diminish this moment with all sorts of other ancillary details. This is history. And I'm excited. Now, let me tell you what this also does. And I think it's time to open up the floor for this particular conversation. Does Big E's WWE Championship victory now cement the New Day as the most successful faction of all time? Now, I know some people will say, Gerard, here you go again, becoming a prisoner of the moment. But no, 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 no. Let's think about this. Let's go through the factions that you consider to be the greatest factions of all time. Obviously, when you have that conversation, you talk about the four horsemen. Of course, any version of them, right? The originals being Flair, the Andersons, and Tully Blanchard. Or you could look at when Barry Windham showed up. Or you could look at when Sid Vicious showed up. Or you could look at the more modern presentations of them, right? Here's the truth about all of them. In the Four Horsemen, there was only one man who would be the world champion. That would be Ric Flair. Arn didn't get to become champion. Tully wasn't champion. Wyndham wasn't champion. Like, these things didn't happen. Luger became champion outside of the Four Horsemen. So you've got that. Look at the NWO. In the NWO, there was only one world champion while the faction was happening, which was Hulk Hogan. Kevin Nash was a world champion, but that was before the NWO was formed. Scott Hall never became a world champion, right? So you've got that. 
Let's think some more. The Undisputed Era, a group that we consider a great faction of the modern era. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, who held the ROH World Championship. There's some significance to that. Do we consider the ROH World Championship on the same level as the WWE Championship? I think that's up for debate. And I think that the legend of that championship is growing. And as we talked about on a previous podcast, I think we need to revisit the legacy of the Ring of Honor World Championship and start putting some respect on it, absolutely. The only faction that could really compare right now would be D-Generation X. And that had, of course, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. You can include in there if you want, of course, uh, the New Age Outlaws, X-Pac. In that space, you had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, both of them multiple-time world champions, And I think that probably is the one that you could make the greatest argument about. However, and comma, it was not a space that they were in it while they were champions collectively. Shawn Michaels was primarily the world champion when that happened. And by the time Triple H becomes the world champion, DX is about to dissolve. So we can make the argument, perhaps, that we've got the greatest faction of all time in the new day because it has produced two current world champions think about this there's never been a scenario in pro wrestling where you had two guys become world champion well i take that back well no you so so here's the argument right take a look at evolution with evolution you have batista flair orton triple h Triple H was the world champion for the bulk of that run. Then Orton becomes the world champion. And then a day later, Orton is kicked out of the group. So, again, we've never had this kind of scenario before. This is new ground. This is new territory. And this is incredibly exciting. So I am excited to see what's going on with the new day. I am excited that we're getting such incredible opportunity for Big E, for Kofi Kingston, for Xavier Woods, and who can argue with their genuine camaraderie, their genuine brotherhood, their genuine friendship. It is just something special to see. So as I watched Big E become WWE champion, number one, Nothing took away the feeling that I had when I saw it. Knowing he was going to cash in, knowing that he promised to cash in, you know, still wasn't a guarantee that he'd become champion. Big E is our WWE champion, and he's the guy who beats one of the strongest WWE champions of the modern era in Bobby Lashley. All of this was right. It's right for the WWE. It's right for the world of pro wrestling. And I'm excited about it, right? I don't know if this is done in comparison to AEW, and it doesn't have to be. I think it stands alone as its own incredible moment. And we don't know what kind of championship reign he will have, but we do know that he deserves the opportunity to be champion. And so here's what this means. Great moments in AEW, great moments in WWE, historic moments in the NWA and Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. What a time to be a wrestling fan. The sport is doing amazingly well. And I am incredibly excited about it for sure. So here's what I'm going to do. 
There were parts of me that wanted to also talk about NXT 2.0 today, but what I'm going to do is put that in a separate podcast because I don't want to make this episode too long. So this episode is all about Big E. Big E deserves his entire episode and even a greater conversation, which I think at some point I'll be able to pull the guys in to have. But the next time we get together, we're going to talk about NXT 2.0. I watched the show last night and I have some strong thoughts about it. And we will dialogue about it the next time we get together. But what I would love for you to do on the socials is share your thoughts with us about the Big E Championship win and what this means for the new day, what this means for the sport, what this means for WWE during this time in the sport. And then I want to get some of your preliminary thoughts on NXT 2.0. Hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know what you think. Until next time, family, representing from my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Have a great day.